Brought to you by the Bloom Women's Ministry at Church on the Rock in Lubbock, Texas. This is Bloom Talks. Welcome to Bloom Talks. I'm your host, Cynthia Hernandez. And I'm your other host, Paige Allen. Oh, man. Today was fun. Today was really fun. We just got off a call with my friend Leslie. And that sounds fancy because it was. It was a Zoom call. I know. We're branching <laughs> out, which is quite exciting. Normally, so wild. we just talk to people in person. Yeah. But I was like, okay, listen, we really need to talk to this lady because you're going to love her. And so we did a Zoom call and it was awesome. And y'all, Paige did not lie. She invited a sweet friend of hers to be on today. Her name is Leslie Stewart. And Paige, you told me that I would love her. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I didn't believe you, but I mean, there was still room (laughs) for doubt. And then after this conversation, Leslie is incredible, y'all. She is an author. She's a speaker, and she just loves to share a little bit about a lot of things, but most of all, the one thing that matters. And, yep, y'all, her book came out. Like last week. Yes. Yes. Like a real life book with pages and a cover uh-huh. mm-hmm. and the whole thing. So I just want to tell you a little bit about her before we jump in. Over the years, she's worn many different titles, a reporter communications executive, ministry leader, and that one time when she stepped up to the plate and volunteered to be her son's little league coach. That's right, y'all. That says something about a woman right there, you know? (laughs) I can't. I love it. She says her sons are sport obsessed. She's been married for 25 years, and her goals in life are simple. And y'all, this is how I knew I would love her. She wants to learn to master the perfect guacamole and getting her boys to appreciate musicals and someday singing backup for Aretha Franklin in heaven. Can we just get an amen? Those are some good goals right Come on, there. Girl. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so we have got just an incredible conversation. We're talking a little bit about her book. Yep, yep. But a lot of things. We are. And you're going to love her. So, yeah, let's Here listen. Leslie, welcome to the Bloom Podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here with you all today. We are excited to have you too. I we were just talking a second ago, and I introduced you. This is Cynthia. Yes, and great to meet Cynthia you. Cynthia was asking how I know you, and <laughs> so I got to tell her this whole fun story, which you're going to find out now has an interesting connection to Cynthia. Um, so Leslie and I. We did a writing cohort together, and I don't know about you, but I loved it, and it kind of changed my life. What did yes, you say? Yeah. 100%. It yeah. did. Yeah. There was this yeah. group of five women who mm-hmm. all had book ideas, and we basically did like this 30-day boot camp. I don't know. what. Yeah. How would you describe it? Exactly like that. Like 30 days of intense writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love All of us came to the cohort in various stages of development with our book. Some had already written a book and were looking to fine tune it. 
others like myself. And I even think you, Paige, we were more like we had ideas of what Mm -hmm. we wanted to do, um, but had never really put the work into kind of fleshing out what would the chapters be and all of the details about each of our books. And so, yeah, it was 30 days of intense writing. And then out at the end of all of that came a book proposal that was life-changing for sure. I know. And in fact, we're going to talk today because that book proposal, your book proposal, is now an actual book baby. An actual book. And I I have it right here in front of me. (laughs) Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I can't believe it. It's been... um, two years, right at two years since this, since I met you, since Mm -hmm. we started down these book writing journeys. Um, and I've learned so much. I have fallen in love with writing for myself. I, my background is I spent more than 20 years in corporate America. I'm a former journalist. I've spent my life writing for other people. And then I, two years ago, I kind of took a hard left and started writing my stories and things that I felt like God had really put on my heart to pour out, but didn't know if I could even do it. Honestly, I knew I could write. I knew I could make other people sound great. (laughs) (laughs) I built a career on doing that, but I didn't know if I could like do it for myself and if there was anything there. And so the journey has been, um, hard. I'm not going to, you know, fake that it's been hard and but so worth it so yeah the book released on february 16th and yeah i'm excited to talk about it with you guys today i love it i I was just telling Paige how beautiful it is like the cover and everything it's so nice to have it in hand i love that i do too yes i it um so the book is called a little bit about a lot of things and when i was, you know, sort of dreaming about the cover. Um, I love color and I love pattern. It's very much kind of an outward extension of my personality, the way that I dress or decorate my home. And so I said, you know, I have to have a cover that feels like me. And so um, I actually designed the cover myself, which is crazy. I know I discovered I actually... I thanks, Paige. Wow, I'm so impressed. <laughs> Thank you. I me too. <laughs> because I didn't know I had it in me. But um yeah, I designed it myself and I'm so pleased. I, I love it. Like the thing I know, Paige, you're on this journey yourself, but like I just wanted to every time I looked at it, I wanted to smile and I wanted to be so proud of it today and 20 years from now. And so I think I got there. So yeah. I, I think you should be so proud because it is it's really beautiful and um we will post a picture of it on our social media so people can can also be impressed with what, yes. a, what a great designer you are. Thank you. I did not design the inside. I had to pay someone to do that sure. because yes. it's my my talents only extend so far. So <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that. Okay, so it's called a little bit about a lot of things and okay, I've read the first part so far. I've only had it three days, so yes. I've read the first part. And what I love about it so much, and I was just telling Cynthia, it pairs so well even with what our vision is for this podcast, is mm. you basically say at the beginning, I, I, I underlined it, I firmly believe it is our stories that make us unique, yet they are also the thing that connects us most. And you mm. really talk about how this is just a book of your stories and mm-hmm. our stories matter. 
And there's mm-hmm. something about you were just saying you went from writing other people's stories yeah. to actually owning and saying, okay, my stories are worth telling too. And our heart behind this podcast is we just bring women on to tell their stories because you're right. Stories yeah. are so unique, but they have so much power when we actually start to share them. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's interesting. So I've had you know, it's been out a few days now, but I had several people pre-read the book for me and all of them said, even though this is a book about you and your stories, I saw myself in so many points along your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and I think that's what you're saying is it's like, all of our stories are unique. I talk about stories are like fingerprints. We all have them, but they're unique. And yet we find points that allow us to relate to one another, connect with one another, feel empathy for one another, celebrate with one another, not feel less alone in the world. I think stories help, help connect all of us. Mm -hmm. And so, um, writing a book of stories from my life, I was nervous about, is anyone even going to care? Is anyone going to connect with this? But over and over and over, I've heard from people, they're like, I've, I reminisced about my childhood when you were writing about yours. I thought back to my early days of marriage when you were, you know, transparently sharing about how you were not a great early day wife, which I was not a great first, first wife. I mean, I'm still the first wife, but I was not great. I was not great at first. I'm still working on it. Um, I talk about climbing the corporate ladder and really kind of giving my entire self to my career and the things I sacrificed along the way in order to do that. I talk about loss that our family has gone through grief that we've, that we've, you know, had to navigate things that God taught us through those seasons. I talk about being a mom. I'm a mother of two teenage boys and that has probably been the most refining component of my life is parenting. And, um, I love how God has used my children to really, I think, bring his nature and his character in, in me, not easily, but he's, you know, definitely refined my life through, um, raising these children. And I write about that. I write about those early toddler years that I was just, I was so, I was not a great mom. I really struggled so much of my story is about kind of three main things, fear, pride, and control, and how those things sort of flare up in various points along my journey. You know, as a kid, I was afraid of the dark, desperately afraid. I used to run to my parents' bedroom at night and beg to let me sleep with them. And I explore, like, how did that happen? What? what why was I so afraid? Um, what did my parents do to help me um, lean on the Lord, learn scripture, um, really navigate battling fear for myself. My parents did a great job of showing me what the word of God says about fear, but it wasn't really until I owned that for myself. I was trying to allow my parents to help me overcome fear, Mm -hmm. but we have to own our, in our own strength, you know, through the power of the Holy spirit, we, we can overcome fear, but we have to believe it ourselves. And I, it took me a long time to believe it for myself. And then, you know, as I grew up and I moved into like college and career, fear sort of morphed in for me, it's morphed into like control and pride. And I found myself never wanting to fail, never wanting to let anyone know if anything wasn't perfect. Um, And that bled over into parenting big time. Um, I was very, you know, putting on a great show from, you know, 
the perfect Christmas card to looking beautiful on Easter Sunday to, you know, never wanting anyone to know how really on the inside of my heart, I was frustrated a lot. I was angry a lot. I didn't understand why these little people didn't just do everything I told them to do. (laughs) (laughs) And like, why can't they just get with the program? You know, like that was sort of my attitude a lot of the time. And it just bled over into a lot of just frustration and anger for me and parenting. And, um, God was so kind to bring other women who were a little bit further ahead of me in the journey to help me in that, in that season. Um, he brought great books and resources. He brought scriptures that I could cling to. And just all along the way through this book, I just share about how I feel like I'm really vulnerable in it. I, I'm I'm definitely like I'm past trying to look good and be perfect. <laughs> um, nobody wants that anymore, including me. So I feel like I'm really vulnerable about all the ways I haven't done it right, but all of the ways that God has shown up so big in my life and even in small ways to just love me through what have been really hard lessons to learn. Um, but his grace and his mercy has been so um, unbelievable towards me in the process of learning these lessons. And so that's really what the book is about. And, um, I think women will relate to it because we've all had moments along our lives where we've been afraid or we've over-controlled and it's really blown up in our face, or maybe our pride has not allowed us to like humble ourselves and seek the forgiveness that we've needed to seek in order to restore relationship and restore our connection with God. And so all of that is here in this book. And yeah, I'm just excited for people to read it and connect with it. And um, yeah, hopefully see a little bit of themselves in my journey. Wow. So good. Um, <laughs> you said you said kind of through lines are fear, pride and control. And yeah. I think I mean, those are the I mean, I don't know, maybe we call them three deadly sins of <laughs> women, mother, maybe just a people. I, I was reading in this first part, you had a, you had a story about trying to multitask, which I can relate to. I also think I'm a fabulous multitasker, but sometimes (laughs) it goes horribly wrong. And it was about, I think it was about a Christmas card. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Tell tell us about that. Yes. So I am always, I always have lots of plates spinning Mm -hmm. and, um, and it has a lot to do. I do like to multitask. I do feel like I am. generally good at that. But sometimes when my pride gets in the way of my, and I start thinking about, Oh, look how great I am. And look how all these amazing things I can keep going at the same time. It kind of blows up in my face. And that happened. I write about this story in the book about a Christmas of many, many years ago where I was, you know, just determined, like, we are going to send out a Christmas card. You know, I felt the societal pressure of like, getting the cards out in the mail. And then when you just think about, I mean, women, we all know what it takes to put a Christmas card out, right? Like there's the pressure of like getting the perfect picture and coordinating the outfits and bribing your children with candy or dollar bills. I used to have to beg my children with money. Can you just wear pants with zippers? Like just for this one picture. And then you can go back to your sport shorts and your Adidas or whatever. But you know, you're trying to like create this image that's so perfect. Well, that particular Christmas, like we had lost the window of getting the perfect picture. So I just decided I'm just going to take a collage of pictures from throughout the year and throw them on a card. 
Meanwhile, I'm doing all of this while I'm participating in a conference call at work. So, you know, I got the double screens going. I'm like looking all professional one direction. Meanwhile, I'm over here on tiny prints trying to make a Christmas (laughs) card, you know. And so because I had shared earlier that I've spent, you know, 20 plus years as a writer, an editor, done corporate communications, I'm like, I wrote like a little message. I put Merry Christmas on the front of the card and the year and, you know, bing, bang, boom. I hit the button and I'm like, yeah, it looks great. And I hit, you know, send to print. And I, right before I hit send to print, I remember there was this little note on tiny prints website that said for 99 cents, our team can review the, the card and make sure everything's correct and spelled correctly and all of the things. And I remember in my pride, I sat 99 cents. I don't need to spend 99 cents. I've spent years as a writer. I've checked this thing three times. You're a professional. Yes. I'm a professional <laughs> yeah. people. I know what I'm doing and I hit send and print. And so right before I left work that day, I decided, oh, you know what? I want to like take a screen grab of this so I can show my husband so I can brag about what a great job I did. Like, let's just be honest. It was all about pride and bragging in front of my husband. Like, look at this amazing card I made. Right. Mm -hmm. So I take the screen grab and as I'm reviewing it, I suddenly realize I misspelled the word Mary in Merry Christmas. I put three R's instead of two R's. And most people would see that and be like, oh, well, but for me, I was like, Oh no, this cannot happen. I, I freaked out and I immediately was like, you know, searching the tiny prince website, where is the, you know, 800 number to call and be like, you know, urgent, urgent. So I get the 800 number on the phone. I get this recorded message. That's like, I mean, y'all it's December and they're, you know, this is yeah. like Super Bowl season for their company. And they're like, Oh yeah, you're, we have a 45 minute hold time. I'm like, I cannot wait 45 minutes to get my triple R Mary corrected. So I, I find an email address. I send off this email. That's like urgent, you know, help me fix this problem. 45 hours later, (laughs) I get a response back from customer service. That's like, yeah, we're real sorry about your problem. But when you declined us to edit that, like it immediately went to be printed. And in my haste of not preparing and not planning and multitasking, I had requested express shipping. So now I'm paying not just like standard flat rate for these cards. I'm paying above and beyond for this giant mistake that I've made. So I'm just like crumbling inside. Meanwhile, I've told nobody, not the husband, nobody that I've made this giant mistake on the Christmas cards. So a couple of days later, they come in the mail and I just look at them and I just start crying. I'm like, I cannot send these out. People will think I've, you know, I've lost my ability to like even spell, like, I just can't do this. And so I walked out to the recycling bin and I chucked the entire several hundred dollar order into the recycling bin. And I was like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to, I'm never going to tell anyone about this. Right. I just wrote about it in my book. book. So clearly I wrote about it. But then you know how God is, right? Like he's like, you think you got away with that, but let me just like bring you right back around to what you really need to learn from this. So a couple of days later we were sitting in our, our, Christmas, one of our Christmas services that December and leading up to Christmas. And our, our theme that year <laughs> for our church services was holidays. And um, our pastor was talking about, you know, just all of the hustle and bustle, all the pressure that we put on ourselves to create this like amazing Christmas, i.e. putting out the perfect Christmas card, et cetera, et cetera. And how it, we just lose focus on what really matters and focusing on Jesus and the season and re- returning our hearts back to the things that are holy and all of that. I mean, y'all, it was like mm-hmm. billboard, 
no, you know, notice. <laughs> and I, I went home and I just like asked God, like, why, why did I, what, first of all, why did I try to do this in a rush? Why did I feel the pressure to send a card in the first place? Why did I feel that I couldn't send out a card with, had, that had Mary misspelled? I'm sending it to people who love us. They're going to forgive us. It wouldn't have been that big a deal. Why did I do all of that, God? Why did I throw it away? And the Lord was so clear, like, uh, it's because you have a lot of pride. <laughs> and you need you need to work on that. And um, And it was just like, the Holy Spirit just read my mail, no pun intended, and around the whole <laughs> idea of these Christmas cards. And But that's just like one example of things that I think sometimes as women, we get so crazed, not just with the holidays, like there's a lot of things I think that we do that, that kind of are similar in the situation where we overextend or we try too hard, or we're trying to impress people who really, we have no business trying to impress in the first place. We lose ourselves, I think sometimes in the busyness of life. And, um, and so at the end of the day, you know, I, I didn't send out the cards. <laughs> the they were were they long send... gone? That was, that was oh, my yeah, question. They were okay, long gone. Long gone. Oh, yeah, okay. they long gone. Didn't send out a card that year. But I just learned a lot from that story of all the things that I was willing to go, all the sort of hoops I was willing to jump through um, because of my pride. And then how, because of my pride, I wasn't willing to acknowledge that even I can make a mistake on a silly Christmas card. And I just have learned like stories like that. The Lord is gracious to use to teach me about how I need to humble myself, how I need to slow down, how I need to even stop in the first place and be like, is this the best time to be putting a Christmas card together? Probably not. Why don't I pay attention to the thing that's like right in front of me instead of doing 20 things all at once so that I can focus on the task at hand. And so, you know, it's just one example of several funny stories that I've included in the book <laughs> about how, um, Sometimes my pride or my control or my fear has blown up pretty big in my face. And mm -hmm. um, instead of hiding from the truth of that, I've allowed God to, and the Holy Spirit to just show me like, what is it? Why do I get myself into these situations and how can I help myself not do this again? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's so good, Leslie. <laughs> I love that you're giving voice to, to that story because how often do things like that happen in our lives? Like, oh. You know, and if we were to stop and look at, but what's really going on here? Right. And I think, you know, allow room for the Holy Spirit to show us what's going on there rather yeah. than just keep running. Yeah. You know, another thing that was, I talk about this in that chapter, but another thing that was happening in our lives at that time was we had recently moved to Dallas. I live in Dallas. We had recently moved to Dallas and it had been, we'd had like, two moves pretty quickly back to back, multi-state moves. Our family, I knew what, even though I wasn't putting voice to it, I knew our family was feeling a little fractured as a result of that. And in my mind, putting out a perfect Christmas card told people, everything is great. Mm. We're great. Everything mm. is fine. Look at how good and cute and perfect we are, right? Mm -hmm. So then when the card came back and it had the misspelling and it just escalated all, it was just like, who am I kidding? I can't, I'm, I can't send this out unless it looks, unless I'm able to, to, to basically put out the facade that everything in my life is great mm -hmm. because it, it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. We were struggling with trying to find our place here in Dallas, trying to find, you know, find connection and community and put down roots and, and new jobs and all the things. And the, the only way I knew how to fool people that we had it all together was by sending out the perfect Christmas card. Yeah. 
And the Lord was like, yeah, you're not going to do that either. (laughs) (laughs) He's so good to just stop us, right? Like to be like, you know what? What if we try honesty? What if we try, (laughs) what if we try like actually becoming self-aware of, I am in a hard season and it's okay to admit that, you know, especially to the people that love me and exactly. Yeah. And who am I to think that all of their lives are so perfect too, right? Right. Everyone, everyone has seasons where you feel disconnected or fractured, or there's just a lot of craziness going on. And so why not own it and say like, Hey, yeah, we don't have it all together. We're Mm -hmm. figuring it out as we go. We're doing our best. But, um, I learned a lot from that silly Christmas card mistake (laughs) and, um, I'm happy it. to share about it with all the people <laughs> who read this book. The, the one thing you thought pay you were- Pay the 99 cents. That's the bottom line. Pay the 99 cents. Pay the 99 cents. Exactly. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I I really, I, I want you to know, I love this book and I love that story because it's such a relatable story. I, yeah. I think sometimes women feel like, because we do hear enough like huge, you know, the stories, I remember when I was a little girl and I would hear people give testimonies and they would be so extreme and yes. so, um, you know, radical conversion or I overcame yes. this massive <laughs> issue in my life. And I remember always sitting there thinking, I, my story is so boring. It is yeah. so abnormal yeah. or not abnormal. It's just normal. It's so, yeah, right. who wants to hear that? Like, um, am I less of a believer because yes. I didn't have a Damascus road experience? I, right. I fully, I fully feel you when you say that that's very much my story. I say right in the introduction of this book, I have not lived a sensational life. <laughs> I have not had to come back and I'm not laughing because there are lots of people who have, whose stories are amazing. And they have had these sort of dramatic life changes where they were one clearly one way and the Lord met them. And now they are clearly Mm -hmm. a completely different person. I'm not that person. I've lived a pretty normal life. And so for me, I think that's what is different about Mm -hmm. this book Mm -hmm. is this is a book that's full of stories that might look a little bit different than your story, but my guess is you probably can relate to it because you know, I haven't had the Damascus road experience. What I've had is a lot of little tiny, you know, some bigger than others, but just kind of consistent, um, checks throughout my life where the Lord is like, is that really who you are? Is that what you're supposed to be doing? Um, are you connecting with the right people? I don't really think those people are bringing out the best in you. Um, is that really how you should speak to your husband? Gosh, why do you have so much anger towards your kids? Like it's all of these little like moments in my life that the Holy Spirit has used to, I think, refine me to these stories have made me who I am. I think it's made my journey be very relatable to other people. And I also would say like, I sometimes feel like in the church, our everyday ordinary moments don't really sometimes matter because they're not the headline, Mm -hmm. but I would say it's the everyday ordinary moments that have really shaped who we become. Mm -hmm. And, um, for for the majority of people who haven't had this big transformational, Mm -hmm. um, and again, not to discredit that in any way. So I appreciate you saying that page because, um, I agree. I think that we need to hear more, of like the everyday moments of how God is transforming us, not just the big headline moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's powerful, Leslie. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Thanks. let me let me ask you this because we have a lot of ladies listening right now. I'm literally thinking they're like, "Well, I'm not going to write a book." So, <laughs> but but how, how you know how how can other women just share their story mm-hmm. like those every yeah. ordinary moments where God is yeah. transforming them? I think it really starts by just being honest with yourself and. Um, you know, I find that God is really good to, when he's trying to get your attention about something, he tends to repeat it in a lot of different ways, right? Like Mm -hmm. you'll, um, maybe you'll read a devotional and something in the story will connect with you, or you'll hear a story from somebody else and be like, gosh, I'm struggling with that too. Or, you know, whatever, like you'll hear a song and a lyric will connect with you. I feel like the Holy Spirit's really good about like, he gets that megaphone in our ear and he's just like, he's not loud about it. He's just continually whispering, like, I want you to pay attention to this. I want you to pay attention to this. I want you to pay attention to this. And there's a purpose for that. And so I think when we're honest about kind of the things that the Holy Spirit's trying to get our attention about, those are the things we begin to share with people. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm um, having a hard time, you know, with feeling, I know a lot of women struggle with fear and particularly they struggle with fear around their kids and the future and all of those kinds of things. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, mom on earth that hasn't struggled with fear about her kids. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that is such a common thing that we all struggle with. It might look different. And so if you're struggling with fear about your child, like tell someone like, Hey, I'm, this may sound crazy. Like you can always preface like maybe, maybe I'm the only one, but like, I'm struggling with my kids going to high school next year. And I'm, I'm nervous about them going to high school and I don't know what they're going to experience. And have you ever felt like that? Like, what did you do in those situations? Like Mm. tell someone how you're feeling. Right. I think it's also like, you know, let's be real on social media. Like let's, you know, if you're on social media, stop trying to pretend like life is perfect. I, I sometimes find that when I am the most raw and honest on social media, that's when I tend to have the most connection with people mm-hmm. because I'm just telling them like, listen, I'm just out here trying to figure it out myself. Some days I do great. And some days I fall flat on my face. And when I fall flat on my face, I just try to humble myself before God and say, Lord, clearly I'm trying to do this in my own strength. Can you help me? Because mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing and my own strength is not getting me where I thought I needed to get. I need your strength, Jesus. So I release my control and my grip on this thing. And I just turn it over to you. And I think the more we're honest with one another, the more we're honest on social media, the more we create opportunity to connect with other women who are struggling with similar things. I think the more real we are with each other, the more um, human we see, the uh, uh, more humanity we see in one another, the more empathy we have for people. I also find that often when I'm when I've walked through a journey, God will bring someone who's struggling with something similar into my life mm. and I can encourage them um, pray for them, provide resources to them. You know, like uh, that's goes back to what we were saying earlier. Our stories are what connect all of us. And so when God's walked you through something, be honest about it. Not just the, the highlight reel, like be honest about the times when you were like, God, you were literally having to like pry a single finger at a time off of my grip of this thing, because I really thought I could handle it way better than you could God. Mm -hmm. And I write a lot about that. And particularly the last section of the book is about unforgettable moments of my life. And I write about grief and I write about how we walked through a pretty significant loss in our family a couple of years ago. And I was struggling so hard to let God navigate me through that grief. I thought I could handle handle the grief myself. And I was crumbling. I was, I talk about, I felt like I had this ball of yarn that was like unraveling and I was trying so hard to chase after and roll it right back up and keep everything so perfect and tight. And God was like, 
actually what I want you to do is I want you to let the ball of yarn unravel. I want you to lean into this feeling of maybe what feels to you like uncertainty and being unsure about what this is going to do to your family. But if you will trust me in the unraveling, at the end of the unraveling, you're going to find not only me, but you're going to find the truest version of who I've made you to be. But it's going to require you to trust me. That is a very vulnerable place to be with God. And I write about that. But I think those are the things that as women, that's how we need to connect. That's how we need to support one another. That's how we need to listen to one another's stories and find ways to encourage one another. Because, man, like life is hard enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, pro- then then you put the filter of trying to be perfect on top of it. And it's just a disaster, a, you know, a disaster waiting to happen. So, yeah, yeah. honesty is the best. Preach. I'm going to say, preach it. That's Sorry. good. That's good. <laughs> mm. So good. So good. <laughs> Lastly, thank you so much just for, oh, you're for so sharing from your life. Uh, okay. Have one, I have one final question yeah. because so often we actually have women that listen that reach out to me and they're like, talk to me about writing a book. And I, yes. so I want to, I want you to talk for a few minutes about that because you literally have just finished this whole process. Well, you're kind of still in it because you're now still launching it, yes. it. <laughs> and you've created something really cool um for people who know that they have words but they don't know how to get them out so tell just talk to us real briefly about that whole process yeah yes so through the journey of writing this book and connecting through women in this writing cohort that Paige and I were a part of um a couple of those women and myself we created a group called the unknown authors club and one of the interesting things about publishing today is it's very, very difficult to get a traditional publishing deal if you are not, well, TikTok famous mm-hmm. <laughs> or famous or you have a big platform. And I I won't get on a soapbox about that, but the, the bottom line is this. I truly believe in my spirit. There are a lot of really wonderful voices that are not being heard because they're not quote unquote famous enough. And so it tends to feel as a writer, as an author, it tends to feel like there's a lot of doors being slammed in your face as you're trying to put your, your stuff out there into the world. And my favorite quote in the whole world is sometimes you have to create what you want to be part of. And so in the journey of writing my own book and meeting these other authors who are trying to do things similarly, these three women, uh, myself and these two other women, we banded together to create the Unknown Authors Club, which is a social media community and a publishing platform for some of the best authors you haven't yet read. And so my book was published through um, the Unknown Authors Club. We have um, three other books that will be coming out through the Unknown Authors Club. We published a book last fall through the Unknown Authors Club. And so we're celebrating the voices that are really not having the opportunity to be heard right now through traditional publishing. We are publishing authors who have manuscripts that maybe maybe you don't want to go traditional uh, publishing, or maybe you um, you have tried and kind of ended up at the and you know the the brick wall of you're not famous enough. So if that sounds like you and you're interested, um, you can go to our website, theunknownauthorsclub.com. We have lots of information on there. We're on social media and all the things, but um, yeah, we just really believe strongly in giving a voice to people who have beautiful stories to tell. Uh, we don't just publish, we publish fiction, nonfiction, anthologies, Bible studies. We publish all kinds of things. Um, we just want to give people the opportunity to have their work celebrated and um, their words put out into the world. So that's what we're doing. 
Isn't that cool? That's super cool. <laughs> I'm so I'm so proud to know you. I really am. I, I, I I'm proud to it. know you too. Yeah. I'm really, really so thankful that that cohort brought all of us together I two am, years ago. So. I am too. I am too. Yeah. So well Leslie. Thank you all for having me today. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. coming and for sharing. And I can't wait to see how your book blesses a lot of people. And how can we get your book? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Let's okay. So my website is Leslie Stewart. It's L-E-S-L-E-E-S-T-E-W-A-R-T.com. Um, my book is linked there, or you can buy it on Amazon. It's a little bit about a lot of things. And um, yeah, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or the link on my website is probably the easiest way to find it. So yeah. So y'all run out and go yeah. get that today. I cannot wait. Yes. Thank you all so much. A treat to be with you. You too. Thank you, man. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Well, you guys, I'm so glad I got to introduce you to my friend, Leslie Stewart. Okay, she just told you all of the things about how to find her book, and I really want to encourage you to check it out. I also think that there are some ladies listening, and you know you have a book inside of you that you need to write. You might go check out the Unknown Authors Club as well. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you do me a favor? Would you share it with a friend? You can text it. Um, You could also go online and give us a five-star review. So that way our name kind of gets bumped up and more people find out about Bloom Talks. You guys have an awesome week and we'll see you back next time. Thanks for listening to Bloom Talks. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and share to show your support. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram at cotrbloom Or for more info about Church on the Rock, check out cotrpeople.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.